Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 62 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing is, of course, Leave the Lights On by Pacifier from their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. Those guys are on tour right now, and I will leave you guys a link in the episode description. Definitely, if you're a music fan, go and check them out on tour. I think they're right now, they're in Florida, and they're going to be moving up a little bit more towards the north as the tour continues. But yeah, the link will be in the episode description. And as for today's episode, what I wanted to do is, it's an episode I've been wanting to do for a while, and we're going to go ahead and rank the Rangers' impending free agents in order of least important to most important to the Rangers going forward. And right now, there are currently eight Rangers. At least, you know, we're not talking about guys who have been up from the minors and might be minor league free agents in the offseason. We're just talking about guys who have been on the Rangers and logged significant ice time for the Rangers. And there are eight of them. There are eight players on the Rangers whose contract is up after this season. And we're going to go ahead. This is going to be the first part of a two-part episode. And we're going to rank everybody from eighth, which is you know going to be least important, to number one, who is going to be the most important. And just so you guys know who the eight free agents are, and I'm going to say their names in no particular order here because I don't want to give away the order in which I have them ranked, but these are the eight free agents for the Rangers coming up this offseason. Chris Kreider, I think we all know that. And then you've also got Brendan Lemieux, Alex Georgiev, Michael Haley, Ryan Strom, Greg McKaig, Jesper Faust, and Tony D'Angelo. And these guys, it's hard to make a list like this because... There's a lot of things to weigh. I mean, scoring ability, uh, defense, leadership, long-term potential. And we may talk about the cost a little bit as far as how much it might cost the Rangers to re-sign these guys, but that is not going to be a determining factor in this list. This is simply just, if I can wave a magic wand and have certain players back on the Rangers, this is the order of importance that I would rank these guys in. And we're again, we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up. So number eight, this is, again, the guy that I consider, I, I hate phrasing it like this, but I suppose there's no other way to say it. The guy that I think is the least important free agent to be for the New York Rangers, and that's going to be Greg McKaig. Uh, McKaig has played 34 games this season for the Rangers. He's got one goal and three assists. He's a typical fourth-line forward, and it's quite possible that I've talked less about Greg McKaig than any other player on the Rangers this year, and I mean no disrespect by that, but at this point in his career, I mean, McKaig's 27 years old. It's not like he's ancient, but he's also at a point where he kind of just is what he is. And that is a career journeyman. He's played for the Leafs, the Panthers, the Lightning, the Penguins, the Hurricanes, and now the Rangers. He was actually on that Carolina Hurricanes team that made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm sure that was a thrill for him. But again, we're talking about a player here who has never had more than 11 points in a season. He's just not a guy that has any real offensive fireworks to his game. And... McKaig's one of those guys, you know, every team in the NHL has somebody like this on their roster, somebody who's just kind of bounce around the league from team to team. And this year, he just happens to be on your team. And uh, McKaig this year, he signed a one year, $750,000 contract with the Rangers. And I get the feeling it's probably going to be one and done. And I also get the feeling that the Rangers are going to want to use his roster spot on someone else later in the season, whether that's Vitali Kraftsoff or somebody else that they might call up from the AHL. But Bottom line, whether he's traded at the deadline or not, 
I really don't think that Greg McKaig is long for the Rangers. I don't see a way that they would bring him back next season. I mean, it's possible because obviously he's not going to cost that much to bring back. But I get the feeling that by next season, the start of next season, the Rangers are going to be looking to, you know, kind of use the roster spots that are currently filled by guys like Greg McKaig and Michael Haley. They're going to want to use those roster spots on some guys from the AHL, call them up, find out what they have, some of these prospects, and kind of get them rolling with the big league club. Greg McKaig, even when they signed him, he kind of just felt like a one-year kind of stopgap, kind of a placement holder for guys that are going to be coming down the pipe for the Rangers. Now, as far as whether he gets traded or not, it's hard to know for sure because, you know, teams that are about to become Stanley Cup contenders and teams that are looking to make a deep run in the playoffs, I don't think they're looking at Greg McKaig and, and prioritizing acquiring Greg McKaig as the trade deadline gets closer. You know, Greg McKaig is not a player that's going to come in and spearhead you to the Stanley Cup. But I could see McKaig as kind of like a throw-in piece as part of a bigger trade. You know, if the Rangers end up trading a Chris Kreider or a Ryan Strom, or an Alex Georgiev, and we'll get to all those guys in a little bit. But if they end up trading a player like that, I could see McKaig as kind of like a throw-in. Maybe there's a team out there that kind of would like to add Greg McKaig as kind of a depth piece because he does have a decent amount of NHL experience. You know, he knows what he's doing out there. He does hustle. He's a guy who plays hard. We talked about the play he made the other night against the Blue Jackets on the 2-on-1. I mean, he just sprinted to get back on that play and break up the shot at the last possible second. So that was a great play by McKeg. He does play hard. So it's possible that a team looks at McKeg and they see him as kind of like a throw-in. You know, if they're going to acquire somebody like Chris Kreider from the Rangers, then maybe McKeg gets included in the deal as well because McKeg could either jump in there on the acquiring team's fourth line, or they could kind of use him as like a healthy scratch, a guy that's going to be in and out of the lineup. Again, just a depth piece. It's not somebody that's going to make or break your run to the Stanley Cup uh, championship, but it's somebody who is a pro. He's been around for a while. And yeah, I mean, why not add somebody like that as, as just kind of a depth pace, a little bit of an insurance policy. It's hard to rank McKay because again, I don't think teams are lining up around the block to acquire him. So on a 10 scale, as far as how likely he is to be traded, we will say a five out of 10 uh, with 10 being the most likely to be traded and one being the least likely to be traded. It's hard to rank them, like I said, so we'll we'll give McKaig a 5 out of 10. And with that, we'll move to number 7 on the list. I have him ranked just ahead of Greg McKaig, and that is Michael Haley. Now, Haley has been kind of in and out of the lineup all season. You know, he's dressed, he's scratched, he's dressed, he's dressed, he's scratched, he's dressed, he's scratched. You get the idea. Uh, bottom line, 21 games this season, one goal, no assists. Of course, it's not really about that with Haley. It's about being a tough guy, an enforcer, and watching his teammates' backs. And it's for that reason that I ranked him slightly above Greg McKaig, because with McKaig, you can always, if you're the Rangers in the offseason, and, and say McKaig is either traded or he leaves in free agency, you can always reach out and sign another career journeyman-type player to play on your fourth line. I mean, those guys exist by the dozens and dozens. With Haley, though, he's kind of a rare breed. I mean, there aren't really that many true bona fide fighters left in the game, and he is one of them. They really are kind of a dying breed. And for games against teams like the Islanders or the Flyers, you know, opponents where you're expecting trouble, a guy like Haley still does have some value. And that goes double when you've got a young team as the Rangers do. There's some guys out there that are very young, very inexperienced, guys who aren't even, you know, fully grown yet. I mean, Capo Caco is just 18 years old. And just for a quick aside, uh, Brendan Lemieux was actually teaching Capo Caco how to fight after practice the other day, just kind of showing him some te techniques. What I understand, they were they were kind of just goofing around, but Brendan Lemieux was asked about it afterwards, and he said, basically, you know, obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, hopefully it never comes to it with Capo Caco and he doesn't ever really have to fight, but in, just in case he does, you know, Lemieux opined that 
there is value in being able to protect yourself out there, and there's a certain confidence that comes with that. So just kind of a cool thing that Lemieux did for Kako there. But yeah, as for Haley, the other thing that he has going for him is that he's 33 years old. So he is by quite some distance the oldest forward that the Rangers have. I think Chris Kreider might actually be the second oldest, which just sounds crazy saying that. But Kreider's only 28. So it may not be the worst thing to have at least one of those grizzled veteran type players in the locker room. The one thing, though, is that Haley only averages five minutes and 38 seconds of ice time per game. And that's when he's not a healthy scratch. So it's probably hard for him to have a ton of influence on the guys, but I still get the feeling that the Rangers look up to him, they respect him, and that he's kind of like a big brother type to a lot of these guys in the locker room. So it's for all those reasons that I have him ranked just slightly ahead of Greg McKaig. Now, as far as what's going to happen to Michael Haley come deadline day, I don't think that the Rangers, in fact, I know the Rangers, don't see him as a vital piece of this rebuild. He's just kind of there to be a tough guy, like we said, and just watch the backs of his teammates. But similar to with Greg McKay, I could see Haley kind of being like a throw-in type player for one of these other trades. You know, if the Rangers move a Strom or a Faust or a Kreider, maybe the team acquiring that player would also want Michael Haley uh, thrown in to that deal because there could be some teams that are looking to add a little bit of edge, uh, a little bit of bite to their game, if you will. And that's not the worst thing to have if you're going to be in the playoffs because you know, this sport can get very nasty, and that goes double when you're talking about the postseason. So, yeah, you know, Michael Haley is a guy that could be on the move as, as kind of a throw-in in one of the other Ranger trades if they make another trade. So, for right now, similar to McKaig, Haley's very tough to rank. It's hard to figure out if he will be traded because there aren't going to be teams, you know, lining up around the block to trade for him, and certainly the return for Haley would be minimal. So, I'll do the same thing for Haley that I did with McKaig. I will say 5 out of 10 chance that he gets traded at the deadline. So we'll go ahead now and we'll move up the list to number 6. And this is where this list already started to get very, very difficult for me. And number 6 is Brennan Lemieux. And I hate to rank Lemieux so low here, but the reason he's number 6 and maybe not a little bit higher on this list is unlike a lot of the other impending free agents for the Rangers, it's hard for me to envision a scenario where Brennan Lemieux becomes, you know, a perennial all-star type player. And it's tough for me to say that because anyone who's listened to this show, you guys know I'm a big fan of Brennan Lemieux. I love the style of play that he brings. He's a gutsy player. He'll throw his face in the in the way of a slap shot. He's really endeared himself to Rangers fans with his physical style. Again, he's never the biggest guy out there, but, I mean, he fought Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's a goon who's out there looking for trouble, and Brennan Lemieux stands up to him. But as for Lemieux, you know, it's his fourth year in the NHL, and this season, he's got five goals and eight assists in 36 games. And again, he just doesn't have that upside as far as offensive production is concerned. I don't ever really see Lemieux becoming, you know, just like a big-time superstar player in this league. With that said, I do think it's possible that the Rangers could hang on to him through the trade deadline and try to work something out in the offseason. Because I really don't think too many teams are going to break the bank for Brennan Lemieux. So the fact that the return just really isn't going to be there, combined with the lack of long-term superstar potential for Lemieux, I just don't see a situation where teams are going to really be willing to offer that much. And if you're the Rangers, I mean, you can't trade everybody. I don't think all eight of these guys on this list are going to be traded. You need some players there to play hockey. It can't just be the Hartford Wolfpack masquerading as the New York Rangers. And so for that reason, I really don't know 
that moving Brennan Lemieux is going to be a big-time priority for the Rangers. And for contending teams, for teams looking to make a Stanley Cup run, I don't know that acquiring him is going to be that high on their list. I mean, you never know. You know, maybe there's some appeal there because the the grit that he plays with, the edge that he has. And again, a young player, just 23 years old, so there is some upside. Maybe there's a team that thinks that they can trade for Lemieux and then sign him long-term. That is possible. And I don't think the Rangers would just look at Brendan Lemieux as kind of just a throw-in to another bigger trade. You know, if they trade Chris Kreider, I don't think they would just toss in Brendan Lemieux as a charity case. I think Lemieux is a little bit too good of a player for that. So they wouldn't do that in the same way that they might do that with a Greg McKaig or a Michael Haley. And the other thing here is, if you're Brendan Lemieux, why would you want to go anywhere else? Because he's played for the Rangers for two seasons— Well, a season and a half. You know, they acquired him last season for the Winnipeg Jets. But when he was in Winnipeg for two seasons, or at least parts of two seasons, he was averaging just seven minutes and some change of ice time per game. This season for the Rangers, he's at 13 minutes and 39 seconds per game. And in 19 games last year with the Rangers, he was at 1249. So I don't know. I just feel like Brendan Lemieux has kind of found a home here. And I don't think the Rangers would need to break the bank to re-sign him. You know, maybe you give him kind of a long-term deal. I think he's somebody who could get better. Maybe you offer Brendan Lemieux because he is still very young. You could offer him like a five-year deal at maybe just like $2 million per season. I mean, is he really in a position where where he could ask for much more than that? Because right now he's on a $925,000 a year contract. So you're more than doubling his salary. And if Lemieux signs a dotted line, say the Rangers offer him the five-year $10 million deal. That's $2 million per year. That's $10 million coming to his pocket. If you're Brian Lemieux, would you turn that down? And if you're the Rangers, do you really think you're going to desperately regret giving Brendan Lemieux $2 million per year for five years? I really kind of doubt it. So I don't know. I just, I feel like this could work out for the Rangers and Brendan Lemieux. I think this could be kind of like a long-term marriage, if you will. So I'm going to be a little bit bold here, and I'm going to say just a two out of 10 chance that Brendan Lemieux gets traded at the deadline this year. Obviously, he could be traded, but I just, again, I don't think the return's going to be there, and I don't think if you're the Rangers, you're going to just throw him in in some other deal. So Again, a little bit of a bold prediction, but yeah, two out of 10 chance that Brennan Lemieux gets traded at the deadline this season. Moving up to number five, it is Alex Georgiev, and Georgiev is finishing up a three-year, $2.775 million deal with the Rangers. This season, he is 12-9-1 with a 3.06 goals against average, a 9.13 save percentage, and two shutouts. And again, guys, this is a really, really tough list to rank. I wanted to have Georgiev higher than that, but I just couldn't do it. Because I think with the situation the Rangers have themselves in with the three goalies, somebody's got to go. It certainly is not going to be Shesterkin. He's the goalie of the future. I don't think Lundqvist is going to waive his no-move clause. And that just kind of leaves you with Georgiev. And it's a tough situation because he's just a victim of the numbers game. And it's possible that the Rangers might still talk to Henrik Lundqvist and see if they can convince him to waive that no-move clause. And then if you're the Rangers, you can maybe hang on to, well, obviously Shesterkin's going to be there, but maybe you can also work out a long-term deal with Alex Georgiev and keep him in the fold as well. And then you've got two really young goalies instead of just one. But I, again, you know, I haven't budged on this. I don't think Henry Klunkwist is going to budge either. I think he is a Ranger for life. I think he finishes out his contract, which includes this year and next year, and then he's probably going to hang him up. We'll see how it plays out. But yeah, with Georgiev, and he's played well recently, you know, he's back to being the Islander killer this year. He's going to be in net tonight as well with another two big points on the line for the Rangers. Georgiev's been a little bit up and down, as have a lot of the Rangers and has as have the Rangers in general this season. But I think for other teams looking to trade for him, he's appealing because he has certainly had his moments and he's only 23 years old. So it's possible that teams looking to trade for Georgiev could look at him as more than just a rental. 
and they might look to sign him long-term. And the reason this is so tough is because we as Ranger fans simply do not know what we have with Alex Georgiev just yet. He has logged just 65 games in parts of three seasons with the Rangers, and you know he's had his moments. He's got a career goals against average of 299 and a career save percentage of 914. It could go either way. I mean, he's a guy who could eventually be a starting goaltender in this league, or he could kind of just settle into a backup role. But I think one thing that's clear is that the Rangers have always been higher on Igor Shosturkin than they have on Alex Georgiev. The Rangers, right from when they drafted Shosturkin in the fourth round, they've always kind of presented it as, you know, we feel like we stole this guy. And Shosturkin's the guy that put up the video game numbers in KHL and the AHL. And it certainly does look like Shosturkin is going to be the man moving forward. So I'm going to be a little bit bold again here, and I'm going to say 9 out of 10 chance that Alex Georgiev gets traded. Because, again, I just don't see Lundqvist waving the no-move clause, and that being the case, I don't see how you can continue to go the rest of this season and then all of next season rotating three goalies. I mean, there's a reason why teams don't do that. It's just not practical, and it's hard to keep guys sharp when they're, they're constantly in and out of the lineup. There's just not going to be enough ice time for any of these guys going forward if they continue to use three goalies. And for that reason, I think that Georgiev gets traded, and he also has more trade value than any of the last three guys that I just mentioned because there's teams that could use a goalie. And one of the teams that I've been hearing about is the Toronto Maple Leafs being interested. Uh, there's a rumor that the Maple Leafs might even be willing to part with Kasperi Kapanen. And if you're the Rangers, I think you would have to make that move because, again, Shesterkin locked in as your goalie of the future. So you're essentially, if you trade Georgiev, you're essentially moving your second or your third best goalie for a 23-year-old who has 10 goals and 18 assists in 49 games this season. And Kasparin is a former first-round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2014. He's been with the Leafs for the last five seasons and has 38 goals and 44 assists in 182 career games. And the other thing that I really like about him is he's someone who has consistently improved during his time in the NHL. And again, a very young player, still just 23 years old, so a lot of potential there, a lot of upside. And if you're the Rangers and you're in a situation where the Maple Leafs, and I'm a little bit skeptical that the Leafs would do this because, again, good young player, a guy who's continuing to get better. But if the Leafs would give you Kasparin for Georgiev straight up, I think you got to pull the trigger if you're the Rangers. And I don't say that lightly because I do like Alex Georgiev. He certainly has had his moments. I think he's a guy who's going to be in this league for a long time. He has a, a very rock-solid future. But again, the Rangers have made it clear. Shesterkin's the guy. Shesterkin's the guy that they want to be their starting goalie for many, many years to come. And so I see no point in hanging on to Alex Georgiev if the Leafs are willing to give you a player uh, with the potential and the upside of a Kasperi Kapanen. So we'll keep an eye on it. And the one thing I will say about Georgiev is that this is the one on this, because again, we're only doing part one today, so it's only going to be eight through five. This is the one guy here that the Rangers could trade and then live to regret it. Because again, we just don't know for sure what we have with Georgiev. And it's possible that he goes on to be an excellent goalie. But again, the Rangers are very high on Igor Shosturkin. I mean, it'd be nice to have both guys, but you don't necessarily need to have both guys. And I think the fact that Lundqvist is still under contract next season, and obviously Shosturkin is going to be there, Georgiev is an impending free agent. Do you really think that the Rangers are going to re-sign Alex Georgiev long-term? Probably not. And the only chance of that happening, again, is if Lundqvist waves his no-move clause, and I don't see that happening. So yeah, very, very likely that Alex Georgiev is on the move at the trade deadline. And once again, I will say 9 out of 10 chance that he indeed gets traded. So once again, from 8 to 5, you've got McKegg, 
Haley, Lemieux, and Georgiev. We will rank the other four players in a future episode that will likely be Thursday's episode because what we're going to do is we're all going to enjoy Rangers-Islanders tonight, and hopefully we see the Rangers taking another two points out of their division rival heading into the All-Star break. But what we're going to do is myself and Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders, we're going to join forces once again tonight to do another crossover episode for you guys, and that will be tomorrow's episode. And then, like I said, Thursday's episode, we will rank number four through one on this list as far as impending free agents for the Rangers and how important they are for the Rangers going forward. So hope you guys enjoyed this and we have numbers four through one to still look forward to. As for tonight's game against the Islanders, I would say look for the stars to be out. You know, expect guys like Panarin, Zibanejad, Strom, Kreider to get a ton of ice time because first of all, it's a huge game. The Rangers need to bounce back and take another two points off of one of these teams in front of them for the playoffs. Secondly, there's no reason not to do this because the Rangers don't play again until next Friday, the 31st. So they got about a week and a half off with the All-Star break here. And there's no reason not to have the Stars on the ice. You know, Quinn doesn't play his fourth line a whole lot to begin with. He tends to kind of be a little bit top-heavy as far as ice time is concerned. And so I would expect for the Stars to get a ton of playing time tonight against the Islanders. It is a huge game. And might as well have them go out there and empty the tank because they're going to have a week and a half to sort of catch their breath. Everybody can step away from hockey for a few days, clear their head, come back refreshed, ready to go and help. Hopefully the Rangers can get on, you know, a little bit of a hot streak as we move down the stretch here and stay in the playoff picture. And I would expect the Islanders to do the same. You know, I'd expect a lot of their top players to get significant ice time tonight. We'll see how both teams look to play it. But again, it's a big game because the Rangers can go into the all-star break having won five of their last seven if they take this win tonight. And you got to take that if you're a Ranger fan. This season was looking like it could get away from them a little bit. But if they win this one tonight, again, five out of seven going into the break, not too shabby. You'll take that any day of the week. And so with that, that's going to pretty much do it. We'll be back here with a brand new crossover episode for you guys tomorrow. Again, we're going to be talking with Gil Martin from Lockdown Islanders. Going to break down everything we saw, maybe kind of preview the second half of the season coming up after the all-star break. And yeah, enjoy the game tonight. And if you want to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LONYRangers. Again, that is at LONYRangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.